All right, well, good morning. My name is Eric Matoya. If you don't know me, I'm Pastor of the Grove, and we're thrilled you're here, so welcome. Uh, we'll be here for about another 40 minutes, and then we'll send you off to go and enjoy uh, the rest of your Sunday, enjoy some lunch and all that. We're in a series. Uh, it's called Proverbs and Popcorn. This is the third week, so if you missed, you can catch up. I want to say hello to all of you listening online. It's pretty incredible. Almost every There's been somebody listening from almost every state in our nation. Uh, we have people around, in some cases, different countries listening in. It's pretty cool to track that and see. So if you're listening online, thank you for listening online. And for all you that are here today, thank you for coming. And we're excited about this series. So we're, we're going through uh, essentially the book of Proverbs for the month of May. The first week we challenged you and said, would you, would you do us a favor and read a Proverbs a day? And when we say Proverbs, we mean the whole chapter of that day. So today is the 15th, so today you'd read the whole chapter, Proverbs chapter 15. Yesterday should have been the 14th, tomorrow will be the 16th. And how many of you guys have done that so far? That was the first challenge of the first week, a lot of hands, awesome, good job. Uh, the best way to do that is to add it to something you're already doing, don't create something new, but just add it. We do it at my house with my kids every night, I, check them, I tuck them into bed, read a proverb uh, to them, a chapter of Proverbs. Um, and then through this month, what I've been doing too is I take my kids to school in the mornings. I just put my earphones in on the way home and I push play on my Bible app, uh, version Bible app. And whatever that day is, I push the play button and just kind of listen to the Proverbs that day. At night, I hear it again. And uh, it's been good just to kind of go through these uh, these books as we as we um, are learning. And so this is this is kind of where we're at. Proverbs and popcorn is the is the series. Hopefully, you grab some popcorn on the way in. If not, you can go grab some. It's on the table in the back. And for the month of May, we're providing popcorn. We don't do this every Sunday. It's just for the month of May. And there'll be a point to it. The last week, we'll kind of explain that all. Uh, but for now, just, just enjoy the popcorn, all right? And uh, this, is where, this is kind of the, the, the ground, the foundation that we're working from when it comes to wisdom. The Proverbs is the book of wisdom. And this is the, the working definition that we're using for this series, all right? Wisdom is the art of living skillfully in whatever actual conditions we find ourselves it's a great definition of wisdom. If you all know what wisdom is, well, it's the art of living skillfully in whatever actual conditions you find yourself. So whatever, whatever stage of life you're in, whatever, if it's at work, it's at home, whenever you find yourself in any kind of situation, wisdom would be learning how to handle that situation skillfully. All right? That's kind of what we said. So the first week we said it's like this. A, a proverb is a short statement that takes place of many words. It's a short st- statement that's based on a long experience. So the book of Proverbs, most of them are written by King Solomon, written to his sons, um, mostly directed to, to his sons, guys, but it, the principles apply to all of us, male and female. And he, he, he talks to them about uh, just his long experience, helping them to avoid the things that, that uh, he did wrong, and he's trying to help them. So knowledge is, we said the first week, knowledge is knowing the right thing to do. Wisdom is actually doing it. So the, the challenge we have as a church is we say a lot of good things here on Sunday mornings. We give you new stats. We give you all these information. The danger is when you learn things and you walk out the doors, um, the, the knowledge of something can actually be worse for you if, 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 than not knowing it if you don't do anything with it. So our challenge is really, hey, don't just leave. The, the, when you learn something this week, don't just leave and think that was a really good thing he said. Actually walk out and say, how am I going to do this today? Now I've got to actually live this out. Because when you begin to do that, you're actually a wise person. If you leave and you don't do anything with it, you're not wise. You might be more knowledgeable, but the, the Bible will not call you wise. So we're helping you be wise. Last week was the second week. We, st- we talked about um, influences and voices in our lives. And we said that no one starts wise. In every given situation, all of us need wisdom. When it comes to any new endeavor that we have, you start a new job, you need wisdom how to handle new situations. And so we, Sincerity did it with me. Uh, Sincerity did a great job. Did you do a fantastic job last week? Did you guys enjoy that? Yeah, me too. Good job, Sincerity. That was fun. I got a lot of good feedback, and so we, we went through the, the message, and we talked about the different voices that we find in Proverbs and in our lives, the voice of instruction, we talked about delegated authority, God always helps us by giving people to help us on this journey, uh, sometimes those voices aren't always necessarily positive, but usually they're there to help us, uh, instruction 
So the voice of instruction, that would be King Solomon. The voice of temptation, be influences people in our lives that want us to maybe do wrong. The voice of salvation, which is the voice of wisdom, uh, voice of God, voice of the Holy Spirit helping us. The voice of folly, uh, which we know is, is um, we talked about a little about that, the two voices. And the last voice we talked about was our own voice. We even have our own voice always talking. I know you're saying, I, you know, people say that, you know, I this voice in my head, but I don't have a voice in my head. Well, if you thought that, that's the voice, all right? Like, I don't have a voice in my head. That's the voice you're talking about. We all have it, all right? Even our own voice that talks to us. We're not talking about some crazy voice that's kind of, you know, just telling us things. It's just our own voice that just kind of says we evaluate everything through that. And since Harry did a great job talking about that, how we have to learn to be able to manage that. And we said there's four types of people in the Bible talks about. The simple, this is the naive that doesn't really know anything. The mocker, these are the know-it-alls. They won't stop, right? The fools are just ignorant of truth. And really, they just want to keep doing what they want to keep doing. And then the wise person is the fourth one, that, 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 which is Proverbs written to help us become that fourth person. Um, and we talked about that last week. So that was good. And this is the challenge that we gave you last week. So the first week challenge was to read a Proverbs a day. Last week, we said to evaluate the voices in your life. Do they sound like wisdom or do they sound like folly? Um, did, did anybody do that this week? Did you did you have voices that spoke and you actually paused and said, does this sound like wisdom or does this sound like folly? Because that was our challenge. Listen to the voices in your life and you'll begin to realize, if I listen to this voice, it's going to help me, or if I listen to this voice, it's going to lead me astray. So that was last week's challenge. Well, we've been kind of giving some different sayings through the, through the this series. Uh, these these we, we walk through the book of Proverbs, but we're also taking some sayings that we hear maybe on a daily basis, you know, wisdom that's been passed on from our parents. Um, and so one of the, one of the ones I heard, it's a, it's a Chinese proverb. It says this, if you wish to know the mind of a man, listen to his words, you can play that to the female. So if you want to know the mind of somebody, just listen to their words. It's a Chinese proverb. If you want to know the, the mind of a man, listen to their words. One that I hear quite often is just because you can, doesn't mean you should, right? Yeah. And that's a wise statement. Just because you can do it doesn't necessarily mean you should do it. You had to evaluate things. Uh, just because you can go and buy the really expensive car doesn't mean you should, because you might regret it in a few week, weeks or months when you can't afford it, right? So just because you should don't doesn't mean you, sh- you can't. Uh, doesn't mean you should. Maybe speaking something just because you can say something might not, you know, doesn't necessarily have to. Uh, how about this one? Um, oh, this this one was this week. I heard wisdom from my wife to my kids. Right, so I like to listen to these these things that she's saying. Uh, one of our kids was talking and she's trying to explain something to her, and the kid just kept talking and talking. So eventually, she says, she said. Hey, if you'll just stop talking, you'll be able to hear what I'm saying, right? If you just stop talking, I think this is wise for all of us to, to take this week, is if you just stop talking and listen, you might actually be able to hear something. And so she's talking to uh, one, of our, one of our kids, our four-year-old. Um, ha- um, how about this one? If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all, right? And we, we kind of created that one to help kids know, like, hey, what you're going to say, make sure you value it. I think a more helpful one than that is this. If it's not helpful... Don't say it, because sometimes you have to say things that aren't nice, that are actually helpful, and those things you actually should say. Like, you know, it's not nice, but, you know, you, you're trying to help somebody out. Well, if it's helpful, you're doing it in, in the right way, you should actually say it. Um, so we're, we'll give you a better one. If it's not helpful, don't say it. Uh, but if it is, make sure you say it. This one's a good one. Be generous with kindly words, especially with those who are absent. And, and be generous with words that are kind, especially to those that are absent. And then one we've been saying this whole series, and we've been saying for a long time, is healthy people do healthy things. These are wise sayings that have a lot of uh, information attached to them, more, more uh, wisdom there. Uh, so if we just pay attention. So we're, today we're part three, and we're going to be talking about words. Uh, so we'll be walking through the book, the chapter 15 in the book of Proverbs, because today is the 15th of May, and we'll be reading through that. Uh, but let me just start off with two stories. All right? you, during this series, I've had two encounters with people 
that go with what I'm about to talk about in, in just a little bit. Um, I was I was at the Chavez Center, um, did, did some some exercise stuff like that, and, and at the end of it, kind of cooling down, stretching, and all that. And I encountered met this man, and he began to talk and uh, being been asked questions, and just really friendly guy. And I asked a question, he he answers, and asked another question, he answers and talks and goes for a while. Well, after a while into the conversation, I think he realizes, wow, I've just been talking the whole time, and I haven't asked him anything. So about 30 minutes into our conversation, he finally says, well. Um, where are you from? I think that's the question he asked me. I says, well, I'm from Santa Fe, born and raised. I lived 12, lived, uh, left for 12 years. And he's like, yeah, where'd you go? And I said, well, the first, after high school, I went to South America for a year, and I lived. Really? And this is what he says. Really? Man, I love South America. I've always wanted to go to South America. And then he just kept going. And so for 30 minutes, he talked. I listened, asked questions. And then he asked me a question. And I thought, all right, he wants to build a relationship. Let's, let's have a conversation. And then two sentences in, uh, the conversation is now back directed to whatever else you want to talk about. Well, I have life, and so I'm, I'm a nice guy, but I was like, all right, well, I have to go to work. Have a good day and enjoy the rest of your time, and, and I left. And so um, it, as we read Proverbs, you, you understand that sometimes too much words is not a good thing. And people that talk a lot, uh, not, aren't very, they're not wise a lot of times. They miss opportunities, and I had this experience. Well, a couple of days later, I'm on the I'm on the, the the flip side of this one, all right. Uh, so I'm I'm at a, I'm at a at Starbucks trying to to study and get ready for the for the message for last Sunday, and as I'm there, um, I I run into this this lady that we've kind of started having a little bit of conversations and interaction about church, and we begin to talk, and she asked me a question, and I misinterpreted her question. I thought she was asking me. I mean. I knew what she was asking me, but I just didn't really know where, her, what the motive's intention is. Right? We call this prudence. The Proverbs talks about prudence, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get to the underlying question that was really there. She said this, but she was really asking something deeper. And so she, she, she asked something, and I answer it, and she didn't like my answer. And it wasn't a bad answer; just she didn't like what I believed and what I said. Um, and, and after a couple of sentences, I realized, oh man, this is not going anywhere helpful or good. And so I'm trying to figure out how to steer the conversation to something good because now she's upset and she's, you know, getting angry because, well, she doesn't believe what I believe and, and what, what, whatever. But here's the thing. It was actually my fault because I didn't use wisdom and be able to speak something that was helpful, even though it was true. And what I said was right. I didn't do it in a way that could actually help the conversation. And when she left, um, I thought to myself, that might be the last time I ever talked to that person again about spiritual things. And I wasn't happy about that because my job as, as a pastor is to help people to, to work through these things and to, to help them out. And, and so I was on the other end of this. I didn't use words wisely, and I missed opportunity. First story, guy didn't know who I am. He didn't never asked anything about me. If he sees me, he would not know anything except, well, I went to South America for a year, and he really wants to go there. So... Um, and then everything else he said. But anyways, so how about this? You, you've, probably, you've probably heard this, this saying, right? Sticks and stones may break some bones, but words will never hurt me, right? How many of you guys know that is not true? Anybody with me? Man, we, we teach kids this because we're trying to help them evaluate their words, but that is not a true statement. Um, and actually, according to Proverbs, uh, they say that uh, Solomon says that words can be either life-giving or they can be death-dealing. Like there's power of life and death in the words that we speak. That's what, that's what the proverb says. So the words you speak can be sending out life and helping somebody, or they can be tearing somebody down and destroying something. They're definitely, words are definitely not harmless. They, they bring something with them. In fact, uh, Solomon, Proverbs 25, 18, he actually says words can be as deadly as weapons. All right? And he actually gives us some different kind of weapons, like a battle axe. It can crush at close range. Words can be like a battle axe that you use to just beat somebody over the head with and bring a lot of damage and, and bring death. Or it could be like a sword that cuts. You know, you say these words and these, these remarks, they, they cut through. They hurt people. 
Or it can be like an arrow that pierces, and it can be shot from a distance. An arrow that pierces somebody. It's a, words can be a destroyer of relationships. And what he's saying is we have to watch our words because there, there is so much weight to our words. They can give life, or they can give death. And the choice is us, and everything we say, and everything we speak, is it helpful or is it going to hurt somebody? So let's go to Proverbs 15. And we're not going to read the whole chapter. We'll start reading a little bit in. But you see off the bat right away the importance of words. In fact, in Proverbs, we've been reading through it. You might even be picking up on these. There's some categories that come up over and over and over. Sexuality is one of them. How we handle ourselves with the opposite sex, right? So how, how we handle those relationships in, in our marriages. The, the sexuality is very important because Solomon messed up so much. He's telling his, his sons, guys, don't follow my example. Do this, do this, do this. Don't, you'll stay out of trouble. You'll, you'll save yourself from a lot of pain. Um, finances and, and working, uh, like, like our um, professions, there's a lot to, that's a category that comes up a lot on how we work, diligence, and um, it's, it's, it's coming up a lot. Well, one of the largest categories is the things that we say, the words that we use, our tongue, our mouth, the things that, we, that, that come out of us. So Proverbs 15, you'll see right away, this is what it's talking about. A gentle response, Proverbs 15 verse 1, diffuses anger, but a sharp tongue kindles a temper fire. A gentle response, it... it Turns away wrath, another translation says, but a harsh word stir up anger. Can you get that mental picture? It's like somebody's like is is coming at you, they're really upset. Maybe it's a customer, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a spouse, whatever, a kid, and they're coming, they're upset, and the words are, you know, a gentle response is actually gonna is gonna turn away the anger and the wrath. But a sharp tongue, a, 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 a word spoken back actually will help kindle that, that fire and, and make it go more. Verse two knowledge flows. Like spring water from the wise. All right, that's pretty good. The, the tongue of the wise, it adorns knowledge. There's, always, there's all this information there that's helpful. But fools are like leaky faucets dripping nonsense. You guys ever, ever had a leaky faucet in your house? You couldn't sleep at night because all you hear is the leaky faucet just dripping. Just a lot of nonsense, right? Just a lot of noise. Well, that's what it compares a fool to. It's like a leaky faucet that just drips nonsense and just keeps going on and on and on. And the guy I met, I'm not saying he's a fool, but he just kept going and going and going. And I learned nothing really about him because there was just a lot of talking going on. Uh, verse 3 says this, God doesn't miss a thing. He's alert to good and evil alike. God doesn't miss the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. They're keeping watch on the wicked and the good alike. He's watching. He's what we do. And then verse 4 says, kind words heal and help, but cutting words, they wound and they maim. They're hurtful. So, so good words, a soothing tongue is like a tree of life that gives fruit and, and it gives good. But a, but a perverse tongue, it crushes the spirit. It hurts people. And you notice verse 3, God doesn't miss a thing. It's kind of like it's sandwiched, sandwiched in the middle of um, these, these proverbs about tongues. And you think, well, that's kind of out of place. Well, I don't think so. I think what he's saying is, is God is in the middle of this all. Even the words that we speak, God is watching and paying attention to this all. In fact, um, when it comes to the words, one of the things that, that the Proverbs talks about is it, it's revealing what's inside of us. Like the words that come out, the reason they're so important to watch them is because it's, it's an indication of what's on the inside. In the book of Luke, Jesus, in, in his first message, it's called the, the, um, the Sermon on the Mount. It's the first teaching he gives in public. He begins to teach all these principles about, about heaven, about the kingdom of God. And one of them, he gets to this place where he actually talks about this. And this is what he says. He's comparing us to good trees. And the bad trees, a person to a good tree or bad tree, and he's saying you know a tree by its fruit, you know, because you know you're not going to get an apple tree from a, from a, from an orange tree. He's saying the the, the fruit goes with the, the tree and it corresponds. Well, he gets to this place in 40, verse 45 of chapter six, and he says, a good a good man 
out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. Right? A good person out of the treasure of his heart brings forth good. But an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. So the things that are stored in their heart is what this, this comes out. And he goes on to say this. For out of the abundance of the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance. It's like what the heart is full of is what's going to come out of the mouth. So what's ever coming out of the mouth is an indication of what's on the inside. And you can identify a good tree by the fruit it produces. You can identify a person by what's coming out of their mouth. We can say it like this. Words, they reflect the condition or the reality of somebody's heart. The words that you speak are just a reflection of what's on the inside. Words reflect the heart. I heard a story about a man. He's he's a Christian Christian. And at work, he was uh, working with his, his coworker, and they're, they're trying to fix something. And as they're going through, they're getting frustrated. They can't get this thing solved. And he gets to this point, this boiling point, where he just gets so mad. He's like, you know, starts cussing at the thing and just gets so, so angry and upset. And after he lets it all out, he turns to his partner and his coworker, and he says, he says, I don't know why I said that. That stuff's not in me. And very wisely, the guy that, well, wasn't a Christian, he turns to him and says, what are you talking about? Um, if... If it wasn't in you, it couldn't come out of you. Like, that's been in there for a long time, and it just finally came out. What's in our heart will always come out through our mouth. This is why Proverbs is saying, be really careful how you speak, because sometimes we have anger, and if we let it come to the mouth, it can actually, you know, get, get, it, get punched in the face, because you let something come out that wasn't really necessarily the best thing to say. It's, whatever's in the inside is eventually going to come out. So Proverbs goes through and talks about how the tongue is guilty of multiple things. And we're going to talk through some negative things, and we're going to talk through the positive things, and then I'm going to challenge you guys to say, do something with all this, all right? So here's one of the things that Proverbs talks about, that, that when it comes to the tongue or the mouth, that we're guilty of. The first one is gossip. There's, there's, a, there's a saying that says this, ears hear what the heart loves. Your ears hear what your heart loves. When you're talking to people, I had this conversation with somebody, they didn't, they didn't like what I was saying because their heart didn't love the things that I was saying, they wanted something else, and so their ears weren't really hearing what I was trying to say. What they mean by that, they're saying beware of people who have an appetite for gossip or lies because the heart loves – the ears love to hear what the heart loves. So somebody's really like, tell me more of this stuff, this, this stuff from other, other people. It's because their heart is into this stuff, and it's not a healthy thing. And here's the truth when it comes to gossip. If somebody has got – if someone gossips to you, then they are likely to gossip about you. You know, somebody's always telling you stuff about everybody else. Well, just so you know, when they leave you, they're going to the next house or next person, they're going to be talking about you. You should have seen I was at their house and they had this. And you think, like, well, they're giving me all this information. No, you're probably there saying all that stuff about you because, because it's a heart thing. It's really what Jesus is saying in Luke and what, Pro- what Proverbs is saying. In fact, he says this, guard your heart above all else because it's the wellspring of life. All the issues of life come out of the heart. Protect the heart. It's, a, it's, it's not a mouth thing. It's not a problem with our mouth. It's a problem with our heart. And we have to learn to deal with the heart before we can really deal with the mouth. So gossip. Another one he talks about is lying. One of the, one of the things that, that we're guilty of when it comes to our mouth is, is lying. Proverbs says God hates a lying tongue. And the reason he hates a lying tongue is because it covers up uh, things. It covers up sin in the heart. It covers up things that we did wrong. And he hates that because what it is, it's, it's not being honest. It's keeping something hidden for somebody so they don't know the truth. So we can deceive or we can um, keep something away from somebody. It's really a lie as a deceit in the heart that makes a statement about something that's not true. Uh, the, Bible, the Bible talks about how, how um, even the word of God reveals the intents of our heart. 
Like as we read through this, it helps us to, to filter through so that we won't have deceit in our lives. Because lies are like cutting words, but truth is like, like healing medicine. Lies always lead to bondage and shame, and secrets always seep. When we lie about things, eventually truth is going to come out. It's going to happen. It's going to come, come forward. Um, the heart, it controls the ears as well as the lips when it comes to lying. Another, another thing that the mouth is guilty is of talking too much. Talking too much gets us in trouble. Proverbs says actually the person that talks too much sets a trap for themselves. Somebody just keeps going and going and going. You actually set a trap for yourself by talking too much. Uh, it, the, the proverb says, in the multitude of, of many words, sin is not hidden. It's not lacking. Like, when somebody just talks and talks and talks, it's a good indication that there's something that's not right there, and they're just revealing to you that something's not right. And the only way they can avoid you, maybe find out, is by hopefully distracting you by saying all this stuff. It's a, the proverb says that a loose tongue actually leads to poverty and foolishness rather than to work that's going to bring success. Talking too much. Um, about people who talk and don't work. It's just all about talk. There's no action behind it. Or there's another one where the, the t- mouth is guilty of is talking too soon. A controlled life means a safe life. A, pers- a person with few words is actually regarded as wise. Um, the Bible says that if you keep your mouth silent and shut, people actually think you're, you're smarter than you are. It's a good way to look at it. Have you ever been in a room and everybody's talking and nobody, the person doesn't say anything? It's kind of like, well, he just spoke, and obviously they don't know because they just said a lot of stuff that didn't make sense. And they spoke, and that guy hasn't. I bet they know what, what, what the truth is. It's just, it's, it, it says be wise, and sometimes we have to just keep our mouths quiet. We'll stand out. Just keep your mouth shut. You'll stand out uh, from, from, from the crowd. Uh, talking too soon. This is what happened that that conversation at Starbucks. I spoke something too soon, and it was too much information. I didn't use wisdom because I gave too much that wasn't helpful. Even though it was true, it wasn't helpful, and it didn't, didn't help the situation go forward. Mark Twain says it like this. I love this quote from him. The difference between the right word and the almost right word is the difference between lightning and the lightning bug. The difference between the right word and the diff- and, and almost right word is, is like the difference between the lightning and the lightning bug. You know, and, and, if you, and, and, the, and the word spoken at the right time is the difference between getting struck by that lightning or being safe from not getting stuck, struck by lightning. Timing is also a part of all of this. How we say things, not too much. We're, the, the, the mouth is always guilty of is also guilty of flattering, telling people things about themselves to build them up to try to get your own your own way. Um, foolish people always reflect the speech of their leader, which is folly, uh, who lies and deceives to harm people in her life. The other one is quarreling, fighting. Uh, we use our mouth to say things that bring that bring damage and, and hurting. Other ones like slander, we didn't cover, or boasting and bragging. Those are things that come from our mouth that are not healthy. They don't produce anything anything good. When it comes to, to our culture, too many words sometimes can, can, can bring a lot of damage. Uh, in, in my studies for the Proverbs, I read this commentary from this man. He wrote this 20 years ago in the 1990s. And this is what he said. His name is Warren Wiersbe. He says, when words can't be trusted, then society starts to fall apart. I think you can insert any, any aspect of your life in this. When words can't be trusted, marriages fall apart. When words can't be trusted, your employment falls apart. When words can't be trusted, your relationships fall apart. You can insert anything there. But he's talking about society. He says, when words can't be trusted, society starts to fall apart because contracts are useless. Promises are in vain. The judicial system becomes a farce. And all personal relationships are suspect. I read this. I was like, man, he probably wrote this like just this year as we you know, go through politics, people talking all the time, what's true, what's not true you know, in our culture. You know, there's, there's a lot of things going on. He actually wrote this a long time ago. 
It's this idea that when words can't be trusted, there's not a lot of trust there because words give life or they give death. We can say it like this. Uh, when it comes to wise people, when it, you know, we talked about all the negative things. What are the positive things? Well, wise people, uh, wise words, they match external realities. Truth and God's wisdom, it, it lasts forever. It's not like just for, for this moment. It keeps going on and on. This is why the Bible is so powerful because even the words written 2,000 years ago, they still apply to our lives today. We have a lot of human wisdom, people that have philosophy and ideas that teach us, hey, if you do these things, and I think as our culture, we're, we're, we're um, guilty of jumping into things too soon without really weighing the consequences and the long-term effects of things. And so culturally, we shift to say, yes, we should accept all of this stuff. And then within just a few years, we begin to realize maybe that wasn't the best thing because we got into it too quickly. Well, human wisdom and human philosophy, it's going to be like that. It might sound really good for a while, but long-term, is that really going to be good? Where the Bible is different, the truth of the Bible and the truth of Proverbs, it's saying these things are going to continue on because they're principles that last no matter what you're going through. So wise words, they match external reality. Because fools are always trying to distort the connection between the mind and what's real or the mind and the world. We see this in reality TV. They're trying to give us this picture of what they think is real, but it's really not real. It's all set up. They're trying to give us something that's not true. The words of the wise, it says in Proverbs, are true. They're helpful. They're plain. The words of the wise, they bring healing rather than wound, and they give life rather than death. So we can say it like this. The wise words, they help. Wise words help. When you speak wise words, you're, you're, you're speaking help into a situation. And I think that's really what, what when, when we look at Jesus' life, when he's talking to somebody, he's, he's, he's having these conversations that are recorded with people, and they're, they're trying to explain to him like what they think life's all about. And his words, even though sometimes they, they, they um, can be convicting and sometimes maybe even hurtful in some ways, he's trying to help somebody see something they don't see. And he's doing it with truth and with love. So tongue, when it's used for good, power says like it's valuable like silver, like riches. It's beautiful. It's fruit like a, like a tree of life. It's refreshing like a well of water. Or it's like a healthy dose of medicine. When the tongue is used correctly, it brings a lot of good around it. But when the tongue and when the tongue is used for right purposes, it brings peace. It gives wise, wise re, uh, correction to people that are wrong. It helps them to get on the right track. Even with our words, it even helps deliver people from death. It says, like it saves people from realities that that will bring suffering to their lives. With our mouth, we can teach people about God. We can carry the, the story of Him to others. It's a great thing, responsibility God's given us with the mouth. He gives it to us. Says, use your words wisely so remember last week we talked about how wisdom is calling out in the main street she's, she's yelling out in the middle of the most important intersections of our lives saying listen to me i'll help you in this situation well there's a there's a book, a book in the new testament called the book of james written by the by the brother of jesus one of Jesus' younger brothers who didn't believe in jesus at first but then after the resurrection he's like man what he was saying was true the whole time and he becomes one of the leaders in the church he writes this book called james i would compare it to proverbs like a wisdom book of the new testament there's a lot of similar sayings. There's a lot of things he says. Well, in it, in chapter 1, 2, 3, throughout the whole thing, it's spread. he talks about the mouth and the power of the words. He actually even says this. If you could control your mouth, like a lot of things are going to work out for you in life. Just control your mouth. It's like the smallest part of your body that can cause the most damage or can bring the best, best results in your life. And he tells us all this stuff. Well, at one point in James, this is what he says. This is James 1.19. Sounds like a wisdom here, right? Calling out. Post this at all the intersections, dear friends. Listen up. The intersections of your life, listen up. Lead with your ears. 
follow up with your tongue and let anger straggle along in the rear. So leave anger behind. Another way that it says is be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Be quick to listen. Pause and listen, and then slow down to speak, and make sure you're really slow to get angry. So James, James in the book of James has shown us the true source of wisdom. He's pointing back to God. He's pointing back to Jesus saying, here's wisdom. Here's what wisdom's like if you will do it. And he goes on to say, he says this in, 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 um, in chapter 3 of James. He's talking about um, um, the words that come out of our mouth. And he says, you know, we know that trees can't produce two kinds of things. They can't produce a really good fruit and then a really bitter fruit. Like it's either going to do one or the other. Or he says a spring. A spring can't give forth good sweet water and then bitter at the same time. Like there's something wrong if, if, if somebody is speaking good things at one moment and then something negative at the other moment. We could say it like this. If the tongue is inconsistent, there is something ra- radically wrong with the heart. If the words we speak are inconsistent, there's something, and this is a big word, but it, I'm serious about this, radically wrong with the heart. If at one moment you're telling people something, at the next moment something else is coming out of your mouth, you have a heart issue. It's not the word, it's not the mouth issue, it's a heart issue of what's coming out. You know, if, if, when we refer to people, if we're using words, and I understand words are cultural, so there's words that we use that, aren't really, that, that would be really bad in our culture, but somebody else's culture is not a big deal. Like if somebody says one word, we think it's a cuss word, and like, oh my God, I can't believe they said that. In another culture, that's just, it's just slang, it's part of what they say. Words, there's always a, a truth or an idea attached to a word. What is the heart behind that word in your culture? So if we refer to women as something specifically that's negative, that's, that's not a mouth or word issue. That is a heart issue. If you refer to guys in a specific way, um, that's, that's a heart issue. If that's what's coming out of your mouth. This is a great, great uh, music video. Uh, I almost showed it, but I didn't. Um, it, it shows this couple yelling, and as they're yelling, it's actually bullets coming out of their mouth, shooting at each other. And then the words are sticking in them, and then later they're having to, like, you know, take their words out and, like, pull them out. It's a great video. The power of our words, what are they bringing when they say? Because when we speak to someone and we, we degrade them and we belittle them, that is not a mouth problem. That's a heart problem. Because we see ourselves as better than somebody else. We see somebody, whatever, whatever it is, male, female, maybe a different color. We see them as maybe less than us. That is a heart issue. And all of the Bibles is really trying to say, if you want to fix this, you have to begin with this. And so James is saying, man, if, 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 you, if you want to fix this, you have to start by your heart. Jesus is saying, it starts with the heart. Proverbs is saying, it starts with the heart. Out of the mouth, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. The words we speak are just a reflection of our heart. In my life, when I get in trouble, it's because I spoke things that weren't healthy, weren't good. And the times that I can control myself and hold back, I actually look like a very wise person. Even though my thoughts were, I really want to say this because that's going to bring a lot of pain. I really want to say this because it would, it would make me look so good. I really want to say this because I, I would win this conversation right now. But you know what happens when I do that? I don't win the conversation. I mean, I might win the conversation, but I don't win the conversation because then you're both mad at each other and you leave and nobody wins. So did I really win? Not really. But if I control my mouth and I learn to say, all right, let's, let's pause. So in the beginning, I told you that, that Chinese proverb, right? Um, if you wish to know the heart of a, uh, uh, the mind of a person, listen to their words. Well, I think we could flip that and say, if you want to know the, the heart of somebody, just listen to their words. What's coming out? Is it negativity that's always coming out? Well, then they fed something in their heart 
these, these lies and, the, and these things that, that have, are bringing out that negative words. I've told this story before. There's this, this story about this pastor when he was uh, eight in, uh, I think, the fourth grade. This, this kid was brilliant. His teacher said, would you, Billy, would you go up to the chalkboard and solve this math problem? He goes up to the, trop, the chalkboard, and on the way there, he's walking. He solves in his head and writes the answer and goes back to his seat. The teacher's mad. She says, Billy, you've you got it wrong. And he says, no, that's right. And it, the answer was right, but she, she, was, she was wanting him to write the problem out. You know, sometimes it's like our kids are like, why? I got the answer. Why I have to figure all that? Anyway, so she, she took it as a disrespect. So he began to say, no, that's right. And she says, no, you're wrong. And he says, no, that's right. And she says, no, you're wrong. And she, she wasn't communicating well. So eventually she got so frustrated and says, Billy, you know what? She said, Horton, you know what? You'll never amount to anything in your life. You'll never amount. And that day, he said he checked out of everything. Brilliant kid. Dropped out of school. Not that when he was in fourth grade, but later on when he got a little older, dropped out of school. Um, and, and just things began to unfold in his life that weren't really healthy. Well, he was 19. He needed a job. He had to provide for his family. So he went to a gas station, uh, um, one of these big, I think it was Exxon, and went to apply for a position. He took the, took the test, and you know he has this voice in his head saying, you'll never amount to anything. He takes this test, and he rushes through it, and he thinks, man, I, I messed up. This is horrible. So he takes it back to the lady and says, you know what? Don't bother calling me. I know I didn't do well. I'll just look for another job somewhere else. Next day, he gets a call from one of the managers. says, uh, Billy, we'd like to talk to you about your test you took yesterday. Would you come meet with us? No. He says, no, I, I know I did horrible. I, I Just pass on. Go to the next guy. I'll find another job. He says, no, no, sir. I really need you to come and talk with me. Uh, we, we, we really need to talk to you about this. So eventually he convinces Billy to come into the office. He comes in. He says, Billy, why, why do you think you did so bad on this test? He says, well, I just rushed through it. And he says, I just, I just didn't feel right about it. And I, I didn't think I did well. well. And he says, Billy, nobody's ever scored higher, higher than you on this test. And, and he says, you know what? If you really apply yourself in life, you can really make something of yourself and make a big difference in this world. And that day, the words of, that were spoken into his heart and his life that says you'll never amount to much, they actually got erased and got flipped with, man, if you really work hard, you can make a difference in this world. A teacher spoke words that brought death. A manager spoke words that brought life. Billy went to go and plant hundreds of churches in the U.S. and around the world. Ark, we're, we're part of the Ark Network, right? So we planted the grove out of this network that he helped start and create because somebody took time to speak the correct word to somebody. If he would have never had those words spoken to him. So out of the heart, what's coming out of this? The negativity? Is it foul language? Is it, is it bitterness? Is it anger? Is it gossip? Because if it's coming out of your mouth, it's in your heart, and you have to deal with the heart. It's a heart issue. If you refer to people in negative ways, it's a heart issue. If you want to know the heart of somebody, listen to their words. So here's our challenge for today. All right? Our challenge is this. Hold your tongue. And sometimes if you have to literally do it, I would encourage you to literally do it. I'm going to hold my tongue. What are you saying? I'm going to hold my tongue because if I don't, I'm going to say something dumb. I'm going to escalate the situation. Hold your tongue. So this week, all right, I'm not saying you're, well, hopefully the rest of your life you can learn this, but just this week, today, you're at the grocery store and somebody says something, something's mean to you, instead of replying, oh yeah, well you know what? You can say, I just got a church, life is good, I'm not going to give you what I want to say. Hold your tongue and then weigh your words. What I'm about to say, what is this going to do? Is this going to speak life to, into the situation? Is this going to speak life into my relationships or is this going to speak death? And the last thing is then say something helpful. Weigh your words. Say something helpful. So this week, hold your tongue. 
in your conversation, just think before you say the first thing. Here, here, here's like, I don't know if it would be a proverb, but if, if you're thinking about what you're going to say when somebody's talking, you're really not listening, right? So hold, you, hold your thoughts, hold your tongue, and just say, let me really hear what they're saying before I respond. Let me listen well. Hold your tongue. Weigh your words. Say something helpful. Just imagine with me this week. How many fights would you avoid if you held your tongue, weighed your words, and said something helpful? How many, how many moments would you, be, would you maybe diffuse the anger in your own life if you held your tongue, weighed your words, and then said something helpful? Every fight I've ever been in, if I would have held my tongue, if I would have said, weighed my words and said something helpful, I probably wouldn't have gotten in a fight. So this week, hold your tongue. Imagine this week. And what would it look like if we could be wise people that just hold our tongue? Maybe you could think of it like this. Imagine that when you were in your words, imagine that every word is going to be used against you by a judge. Like they're going to say, all right, this week, Eric, you said this, this, and this. Well, you know, that's not really good. Just imagine that. Every, every word you speak is going to be used against you in a court of law. And then think about this. The truth is, the Bible says, every word we speak will be used against us on the day of judgment. Like it is going to be used. God's going to say, you said this and this and this, and it led to this and this and this. If you just want to said that, it probably wouldn't happen. And begin to weigh our words, understanding, man, God is in the middle of all this watching. He's watching us. Hold your tongue. So if you're here today, as we teach these principles from the Bible, we want to teach something helpful to you. And if you just, if you, if you live these out, I promise you'll begin to have wisdom begin to be in your life. It's not enough just to know what to do. You have to actually do it. And you'll have plenty of opportunities this week. I guarantee you. So will I. Because every time I teach on something, I have a lot of opportunities to practice it. Like today, I'll have an opportunity to practice it. This afternoon. So will you. But if you're here today, maybe you're new to this experience and you, you know you've come uh, to maybe learn something. Maybe you're, you're in the middle of something in a life challenge and you've come here and you're, you're seeking. You know, we have good news for you. God loves you and he cares for you and he has good plans for your life. And wherever situation you find yourself in, God has an answer for you. Like he has the answer out of and the escape out of that thing. It's not always an easy answer and it's not always the answer we want. But he has an escape and he has a way out of those things. But it has to start with our relationship with him. Like, we want help? Well, our help comes from relationship with God. It's, it's the person that responds to the voice of wisdom that says, I hear what you're saying, now I'm going to respond with action. Help me out. If you're here today, and maybe you're in that situation where you're saying, I need help. I need God's help in my life. We give opportunity at the end of service for you to, to say a prayer that says, God, I invite, I invite relationship with you. I want, I want to have a relationship with you. And we'll give you that opportunity just a little bit. Because here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that if we're willing to humble ourselves, God will embrace us. If we're willing to say, I can't do it on my own, I'm not big enough, I'm not strong enough, and we invite him, he'll actually lead us and guide us. If we confess with our mouth, the Bible says, that we're wrong, and we believe in our heart that God, he'd send his son to die on that cross, then we have salvation. It's a confession that we speak. There's something powerful about our words when we actually begin to say, God, I need your help. God, help me. And then we invite relationship. He responds. He begins to lead us. See, being a Christian is not coming to a church on Sunday. Being a Christian or a Christ follower is following his lead every single day, every single moment throughout the day. And saying, God, I want to I know what you would do in this situation. So I want to give you an opportunity. If you're here today and you have no relationship with God, 
Maybe you're far from God. Maybe you're broken. You're hurting. Whatever it is, the first place to start is by saying, God, I need your help. And I would like to lead you in a prayer. So would you guys, whatever you close your eyes and bow your heads today as we close up. If you're here today and you would say, man, I need God's help. I acknowledge that that relationship with him is not good. And I need his help to help me. If that's you today, would you do me a favor and just raise your hand wherever you're at? Awesome. See those hands? Awesome. I need your help. It's part of this relationship is we humble ourselves and we ask God for forgiveness. The thing I love about God is he always responds as a loving father that says, I've been waiting for you. I'm so glad you took that step. If you raised your hand, would you say this prayer with me? I'm going to lead you in a prayer, just a simple prayer acknowledging that we need God's help. The rest of us and part of the part of the family of God, would you join them in praying this with them and encourage them? Just repeat this. Say, Father God, today I acknowledge that I need your help. Forgive me for breaking my life, for breaking your word, for separating myself from you. I need your help. Today, I believe that you died on that cross for me so I could have a way back to you. I believe that you're alive today and you're inviting me into relationship. I invite you into my life. Lead me and guide me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.